Welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and this podcast is your guide to start creating a lifestyle by design. From entrepreneurship, money and finance, taxes and residencies, and everything in between, this show highlights the nuances of a true global citizen lifestyle. Let's dive in. Kathleen, welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. Today, I am so looking forward to speaking with you about various different topics around digital marketing, inbound leads, and a very specific social media platform, which I am very excited to dive into. But before we get into all of that, I would love to hear more about you, your story, where you got started, and how you got to where you are today. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm really excited to be here. I have been in digital marketing for 13 years. So basically since the dawn of digital marketing and things have changed a lot. There's been a lot of updates and the internet is a different place than it was when I started. And I have done a whole bunch of different things done for you in the past. So I started out as a blogger. I then partnered with a colleague to build their podcast up to multiple six figures in revenue, then left that partnership and decided to go out on my own and help other people build marketing systems. So I've done websites, I've done sales funnels, I've done sales pages, I have built marketing systems, I've built lots of different lead magnets and all that kind of thing, and built a content marketing agency that I shuttered in 2022 when I realized that I can help people more by coaching. So instead of of being the outsourced content marketing arm for these corporations, what I wanted to do was help creators stay in the creator space if they wanted to. The thing that motivates me a lot is that the failure rate of solo businesses is atrociously high. And I think part of the reason for that is because most people don't understand when they're going into business for themselves that they're signing up for a full-time sales job. Yeah. Ooh, I like, ooh, ooh, that ending there was so good. When you go into business for yourself, you're signing up for a full-time sales job. Yes, I can totally resonate with this. And I'm sure you've seen this many times over and over again. What are some ways that you can either mitigate or potentially change, pivot and change your direction slightly? Sales and marketing are so different. And I've spent a whole bunch of time in marketing where you build up your brand, you niche down, you create a system where somebody comes in and you get their email address because you don't want to build on rented land and all that stuff. But the truth is when, when you're facing a near empty bank account or you don't know where your next lead is going to come from, you have to pivot and focus on outreach. And that's really scary for people, especially the people that are drawn to online business. They kind of see sales as, as kind of like pickpocketing. Like you're, you see it as a way that you're going into somebody and just taking money out of their account. And nobody likes feeling like that. And so you lean back on content marketing and you hope something goes viral and you hope your content speaks for itself. And like I said, I've been at this for a long time and it used to be that that was a reliable strategy. But now there's a lot more people in this space, which I think is good. 
but means that you, you know, if you, a blog post falls in the forest, nobody hears it anymore. Switching into outreach means changing the way you show up online. And it can be kind of scary. This is so interesting, but it reminds me of something my partner said just last night. We were out with some friends and he was talking with one of our friends. And I think the friend was telling us how him and his partner met. And it was all in Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. But then my partner kind of translated it for me. And he was like, oh, he was telling me how the couple met. And basically saying that when you meet your partner, it's sales. You're selling yourself. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's told me before, too, that when he met me, he knew he had to sell himself to me to make me interested. And so it really just frames things into the perspective of almost everything in life is sales in one way or the other. Anything you've wanted and you had to work to get is flexing your sales muscle. Yeah. Yeah. So funny when you like put it into a different perspective. So unless you are a pickpocket, then you can just take People might not be happy as happy with you if that's the your method, but that's not really a good way to live your life. So let's talk sales. So sales in marketing yourself, in your business. Tell me all of the things, how you go about it. And you've been in this game for over a decade. So yeah, I'm gonna leave that a very open question for you. Well, for me, when I started out, I had such name recognition because I'd done a lot of really good things for this podcast. And it's a great podcast and it's even bigger than it was my left. And that's great. It's great for them. And so I was able to have conversations with people that were like, oh, what are you doing next? I want to be a part of that. And referrals beget referrals. And for a long time, my sales strategy was do good work for good people. And that worked for a long time. But when you pivot too much, which is what I did recently, and I wouldn't say too much, but when you pivot both your offer and your audience, you immediately need to reach out to people who don't already know, like, and trust you because that's what I was doing before. And that's the marketing side of it, building up that know, like, and trust factor. But transitioning from doing content marketing for organizations to helping solo creators make more money, it's a huge pivot. And so I needed to go and find them. And I have a couple of different masterminds and I was trying to fill one of them And I got the advice from someone in a group that I'm in that said, you know, why don't you look at LinkedIn? I was like, oh, man, LinkedIn, that's a terrible place. You know, that's the that's the place where you go when you want a corporate job or you want to get calls for recruiters or something, something that I wasn't really interested in. And they said, no, you should check it out. And so I did. And you know how everybody has a LinkedIn profile, but nobody goes to LinkedIn. Nobody even thinks about LinkedIn. If you think about LinkedIn, it's in terms of thinking about how much dorkier it is than all the other more fun social media channels. And what that means is that nobody's really doing it right. Developing a LinkedIn strategy, even if it takes you a couple of different false steps, if you're doing it a little bit better than the worst people, you're going to get a lot of good feedback and you're going to be able to build toward a fully booked calendar from people who actually need what you are offering. And because it's on LinkedIn, they have the budget to work with you in a way that Instagram doesn't really guarantee. That's an important point too, actually, that you mentioned at the end about them having the budget because they are on LinkedIn. It's not like a Facebook or an Instagram or a Twitter where 
how much money they are going to be willing to spend on you or your service or your product is pretty up in the air. When you land on LinkedIn, what next? Okay, so the overarching strategy for LinkedIn is make new friends and start conversations with them. So LinkedIn is not, yes, it is the place to tell a, co- a colleague from three jobs ago, happy birthday. But that's not its whole job. In fact, that's not really its job at all. Its job is to help you find the people that need what you're offering. And in that, have a conversation with them. So it's outreach first. So unlike all the other social media channels, let, let's just take Instagram, for example. Because Instagram, you're supposed to talk about yourself, your services, your transformations, the clients that you work with. You need to do a lot of things in order to build that factor and then hope that somebody DMs you and wants what you're, you're, you're sort, of, sort of providing. There are probably LinkedIn experts who you've talked to who know that there's a way better way. I don't know it. So, um, but, but you do see it's like very visual. It's a lot of um, videos talking about your day and all that stuff. LinkedIn is totally different. LinkedIn is about targeting and trying to find new people. And then when you're doing that, realize that your profile is the first thing a stranger is going to look at. So rewriting it so that it's more like a sales page, so that it attracts the people you want to attract and repels the people you don't want to have a conversation with. Because you'll find really quickly that this strategy works so well that you won't have time to talk to everybody. And so you want to make sure you're only talking to people who could be prospects for you or referral partners down the line. And how do you gauge who those people are going to be? Are they going to be potential prospects? Are they going to be referrals? Are they going to kind of lead nowhere? What what does that look like to know? Well, you have to search. There's a big, a big emphasis on search. And one of the things I really like about LinkedIn, again, after having a ton of time, spending a ton of time in marketing land, where if you've picked Let's say you do graphic design for yoga and health and wellness, let's say. That's your niche. That's what you do. And somebody comes to you and they say, well, I have a dental office. Can you do graphic design? And you think, well, I don't know. I don't think so. And and then you think, well, maybe I should change it. So I'm health and wellness and dental. And so then you, you, you work to, you end up with a weird branding. But let's say you, you instead aren't sure and you're, you know you're a graphic designer but you aren't sure of the of the past couple of clients you've worked with of the past dozens of clients you've worked with which ones you want to replicate well you can do two separate searches and then let that decide from there because they're looking at you from a conversational perspective they're not most people are not like going to search you out on all the different channels look you up on google before they reply back to you it's a conversation starter. So it's it's really, really different in that respect. And so once you have searched, you've started the conversation. Is, is there, this is like the traditional marketing getting to me. Is there like a, a system, a funnel, a workflow, or is it just very organic, natural, and casual, and maybe that's the appeal of it? Or is it a hybrid of both? I wouldn't call it casual because it's really formulaic, but it's also not like this is where I see people who over rely on automation screw it up. So like 
Imagine you're at a networking event and you walk up to somebody and you say, hello, would you like to buy this from me? And they're like, I do not even know who you are. You interrupted me while I was talking to somebody else about the basketball game the other night. What the heck? So you think because when you're when you look at LinkedIn yourself, you think, okay, I've only ever seen this. It must work. So I'll start pitching in the first message. But if you remember that there are humans on the other side, by and large, there are bots on LinkedIn, but by and large, there are humans that you are trying to connect with and have a conversation with. When you do that, you immediately stop the pickpockety gross outreach approach because you would never do that in conversation. You would never, ever do. I mean, if you would and that works for you, cool, but I don't think it does. And you don't want to you don't want to mirror that. So there's there's you want to nail your messaging. And I know this is going to come in shock to all of the people who are listening to this. But the canned responses that LinkedIn gives you aren't the ones you want. Like weird. I know. But you need to instead of asking somebody if you can join them, you need to invite them to join you. So you need to craft a message that that draws people in. And if you do that right, I would say about 10% of the time people respond back to me with like, yeah, let's let's get on a call. And they take it off LinkedIn right away. That's great. So you use automation, you build a script library, but you you don't ever forget that you're trying to talk to people. Interesting. I, I love hearing your experience of it and how a good percentage of people responds to that. And, and it is a good way to get them off LinkedIn, meet them in person somewhat and kind of go from there and sell yourself from there. So it's interesting because I've heard this strategy, and I think all of us have at some point, I've heard this strategy in terms of Instagram. I've heard, you know, reach out to people on Instagram and DM them, like just kind of show who you are as a person, but then sneak your business into it. But maybe, I don't know, in thinking about it, because I know I've had people and I'm thinking I've certain people I've had do this to me on Instagram. And I know it just feels so inauthentic and salesy. And I'm pretty sure a few of the people who have done it to me before, it's not even them. It's like the coach, but it's not the coach. It's the coach's engagement specialist or somebody else on their team who is reaching out to me pretending to be the coach. And it just feels so inauthentic to me. So I'm wondering, is it similar but just it's on LinkedIn and it's a little bit more authentic? Or is there a big difference between the social platforms and kind of approaching someone in the DMs through this approach? I think it's more about tone because you can get on Instagram, you can get away with like emoji bomb them. And it just might be that I'm past 40. And it just always feels like, you know, like, oh, what? Like, are we, is this, is this how you people talk now? Is this what? And I just feel like that old lady who's like, shooing cats off her lawn and the, on the front porch it's more about showing up the way that you would right if you and and i do not mean to insult anybody younger than me who loves emojis because maybe that's how it's it feels authentic to you but for me it's all about defining what that authenticity is so i have in the past had an assistant work on my messaging and in my in that process i realized that if i'm not clear about how to communicate, then the assistant defaults to seven 
exclamation points per message. And that's not how I want to come across. So it's just about defining what authentic brand voice is for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's important to note because I know a lot of people do outsource that, but really it just comes down to making sure that your team is on board with your brand voice, like you said. So now I'm curious, what strategies specifically would you recommend for connecting with an industry leader on LinkedIn? I know maybe you've shared a few, um, but are there any particular strategies, especially maybe when getting started in this process? If somebody is listening and like kind of very new to the Instagram, LinkedIn connection world, what are some strategies that you would recommend? I think you should automate because if anybody, if you've ever done any outreach before, you spend a lot of time in your head talking yourself out of it. Oh my gosh, Nicole seems so cool. She looks busy. She doesn't want to hear from me. And so you want to have a search parameter set up and and outsource the actual messaging to automation where because the tool doesn't look at your your LinkedIn profile and talk themselves out of it. You shouldn't. And really good salespeople would never do that anyway. But those of us who have some hesitation around it think, oh my gosh, they're they're never going to respond. You make like decisions for them. You tell stories about them. So automate what you can, but make automation scale what scale an actual connection. So instead of listening to some bro say, so this is a numbers game, and then just try to reach out to as many humans as humanly possible, be more real about it and, and, you know, reach out to 30 people a day and, but do it and let them opt out of it. The tool that I really like, no matter what the automation is, kicks people out of the automation the instant they reply. So they're not getting robot responses when they're responding as a human. I've never heard that before. Can you share what tool this is? I know there's, I think it's ManyChat for Instagram, but I'm sure there's a different one for LinkedIn. Well, there's a whole bunch. And the one that I use right now, and I can, we can put my affiliate link because it gives people two months free, is Galaxy. So like Galaxy, but with a W and another A. But yeah, if you use my link, and you totally don't have to, but it's two months free and you can test it out. And then you can also start with Sales Navigator. So LinkedIn premium's not worth paying for. Sales Navigator ha- always does a free month trial and they'll do it occasionally. So if you cancel it in the first month and you come back to it a couple months later, they might let you do it again. So those are the two tools that I would use because then you can do searches in regular LinkedIn. You can just get a lot more refined in Navigator. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would love to hear... <clears throat> I didn't even know that you could do searches within the tool itself and then maybe set parameters. So I would love to hear kind of what other aspects of LinkedIn it can either automate or assist in the process instead of just natively going to LinkedIn.com. But I had one other question for you. I will ask you because I forget it. I will ask you after you answer this one. (laughs) Cool. I didn't catch the question. Oh, I was I would love to hear what specifically so inside let's say Walaxy or some of the other tools you use what else can be automated or just made easier instead of maybe going to LinkedIn and searching maybe it gives you more parameters on to find somebody who's in a specific field or industry or has a certain educational background just kind of what parameters it can 
set and how it can help you more than just going to LinkedIn.com and natively searching there. So I think that Nate, like the native LinkedIn is actually pretty good. If you think about as a creator, you don't need to reach 40,000 people. I mean, maybe you do, but usually you don't. And so when you're when you're looking at regular LinkedIn, they give you a pretty good search result when you're searching for people. And if you haven't played on LinkedIn very much, it's really easy to find the search bar. You search for people, you can set your location, you can set your connection, like how how many degrees removed do you want to to talk to? The big thing for Navigator is if you're not, if it's not working very well for you on free LinkedIn, it's because of the max, the quotas that LinkedIn has, because they don't really like third-party tools. And so a lot of the third-party tools just sit on top of LinkedIn. And a lot of them could be like here to dig on tomorrow too. Um, you know, it's having a moment. It's doing well now. That's this, the one I recommend right now. So the thing in Navigator that isn't in regular is there's a box that says active on LinkedIn within the last 90 days. And if you check that, your message acceptance rate will go up naturally. Hmm, Interesting. I had no idea that you could, I mean, get so much information and automate so much through a third-party platform. My other question for you was you mentioned briefly that LinkedIn premium is not worth paying. So I would love to hear your opinion. I have tried it a few times. I didn't even know what the difference was other than a little badge. So if if you know, or maybe you also don't know, and that's why it's not worth it, I would love to hear. So LinkedIn premium allows for in-mail. And I have never met anyone who's responded to in-mail positively ever. It might be the history of my, it's when you get, when it gets to your email box and it's, it's like a message from someone you don't know. And it's always something you don't need and haven't considered. Interesting. So it's it's kind of like a DM that goes to your email? Yeah. And if you pay LinkedIn for the privilege of doing that, you can reach out to a lot of people who actually don't want to hear from you. So so it's not it's it's not good. It's I I, I never recommend sending in mail ever. I've never like I will I would love to get one that actually means something that that I'm like, oh yeah, but it's usually a cold pitch about buying links or developing an app or something where I can hire you for something I. Yeah, it sounds like those emails that go to our spam Gmail and it's like, hello, Mrs. Somebody, I would like to offer you an SEO audit. And it's like this person is from halfway around the world. And that's what it sounds like. Didn't know that. Better fun, which yeah, is- nobody like humans don't care about that badge. It's not yes. the same thing as like the blue check mark where it's like, woo. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, no. totally. Which, yeah, the blue check mark is like a whole other topic of conversation these yeah. days. Are it's also course. not as, yeah, it's not as lucrative as it once was. If you can pay you for can. it, it's no big deal, but whatever. So I'd love to chat about content creation. Of course, we all know content creation is the thing you need to be doing now. What does creating content on LinkedIn look like? I know a lot of other platforms are doing short form video content. Don't know if that's a thing to bring over to LinkedIn. I personally don't. Maybe I'm missing a train here that you can enlighten me on. Um, Or is it really just posting photos with text? Um, What does that look like to really market yourself and sell yourself on LinkedIn? 
So just like other platforms, video does really well. Really, really well. It did. You don't usually see people shaking their butts or anything on LinkedIn. Again, it's like the the older sister who's like dorky, not the young hip sister, right? But so videos do really well. Cut just posts do really well. They say that it you get more engagement if you have a picture, but I think that's true for lots of places, maybe with the exception of Twitter. But the big thing with a content marketing plan that's focused on LinkedIn. And this is going to be such a breath of fresh air if you're used to other needier platforms, is that the algorithm dings you for posting multiple times a day. You end up competing with yourself if you're posting multiple times a day. So being consistent on LinkedIn can be one good post a week, which for me was the biggest like, all right, all right, I'm just going to focus on this one then because that is such a relief. I don't have to post 50 stories and five reels and 10 posts every other day. You know, like I, I, I can get more traction with less on a platform that where there's more buyers. It's just, to me, it's just a straightforward, easy, no brainer. Wow. That's yeah. That's such a breath of fresh air. I had no idea. I didn't even know if like posting video or how that really worked on LinkedIn, but yeah, I mean, I can see that because posting just a quality post. I do see a lot of people who post very engaging one post with a photo, great content. And it it is a little bit for me, I think it makes them look a bit more credible than posting every day or two or three times per day, whereas sometimes that can look a little bit needy almost. Well, you don't ever see it either. And so the yeah. the thing to think about with content, if you're implementing this framework, is that Content keeps you top of mind to anybody who's replied to you. So their algorithm, if you reply, you see, if you, if you and I have a conversation on LinkedIn and you reply to me more than once, you're going to see my posts. That's just, oh. that's just how it works. And so it's for, unlike all the other platforms, it comes last. It's after your profile. It's after your initial targeting and outreach. It's after your follow-up messages. But it's important because... You want the people who maybe talk to you, but don't buy, you know, now's not a good time, or they don't book a call, but they've talked to you. You want to show up top of mind for them. And the best way to do that is just being consistent on your LinkedIn posting. Hmm. Are there any other tips, tricks, hacks that you have about the algorithm or anything to do with LinkedIn that is similar to that, that is a lot less known than any of the other platforms? So carousels have always been really good on LinkedIn. Always, always, always. You know, you can only do 10 on Instagram. I think they have like a no limit on LinkedIn, like like hundreds. I've seen at least 100 before. Uh, but you can check that <laughs> later. I might be wrong. Uh, but one of the things, and I love how like stuffy this makes it seem, but like, you know how if you're posting a carousel on Instagram, you post a bunch of images. If you do the same thing on LinkedIn, you need to save it as a PDF. Otherwise, it just shows up as a collage, which I just think is like adorably stodgy. <laughs> is there anything that you want to touch on about LinkedIn that we haven't touched on in this conversation? Doing LinkedIn wrong can ruin your brand. If you show up on LinkedIn in a way that you wouldn't show up in a networking call or in, a, in the front of a boardroom, you're ruining your brand. But doing it right can build your brand so fast. 
And so it's worth it to invest in doing it right. So if you're coming back from this thinking like, okay, what I got from this is that I need to send a bunch of DMs. Like, don't. <laughs> Just don't. I, I see this a lot where you're, you've ruined your personal brand reputation. You ruin your company's brand reputation. It's solvable, but not for the people you have um, annoyed. It's so different from all of the other platforms. So I guess really having that professional aspect front of mind is very important. Amazing. Well, thank you for being on the show, Kathleen. Where can people find you? You can find me at thewellpaidexpert.com. I have a quick training video about what we just talked about. So if you want to go to thewellpaidexpert.com slash level up, that's, that's the best way to learn more about this in like a concise way. You've just listened to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode resonated with you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast on your socials. And of course, be sure to tag me. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me on this global citizen journey, and I'll see you in the next episode.